I got nothing but a dream. Wow. And I had a multi-million dollar networking Rolodex. And there you get some guys putting in half a million, some putting in a thousand dollars, but the little guy can finally get involved. I've been in such incredible international fashion shows around the world. Trying to give children and parents a healthier option, an option to incorporate some nutrients. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about small businesses, entrepreneurs, and and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. Well, you just heard some excerpts from our fabulous guests on our show today. So stay tuned. We had a rockin' show. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. On this evening's show, we have Sharon Smith Akinsanya, who is the CEO of Ray McKenzie Group, an award-winning diversity firm. And she's also the author of Colorful Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color. And our executive spotlight is Douglas Borthwick, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of INX Services, a platform to trade cryptocurrencies and security tokens. And then we have two amazing presenters, two of my favorite things, <laughs> jewelry and food. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two of your favorite things. <laughs> so Anna Carolina Valencia, and she says it so much better than I do, has this incredible jewelry line. I went to her website. I was literally like just going crazy. And then Carol Ann Carrington will be our next presenter. And I was getting hungry looking at what she has on her side. It's like she, IHOP on steroids. So. I, it's better than I, like I wouldn't even compare this to IHOP, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be coming up. What's on the table tonight for IP in the news? Well, Apple just got socked. A huge uh, Again, verdict. Yeah, they so. are a very aggressive company when it comes to intellectual property. And so the lesson that I think you can take away from these cases is that you should protect your IP because it gives you something to fight with against the Goliaths. And that there's a lot of tech companies out there who sort of act first and take the position that if you want to get me, you have to sue me. And what happened in this case was that a smaller company... Personalized Media Communications. Right. Stole their fair play software. No, Apple stole their fair play software. Right. Apple stole their fair play software. They got sued and they got quite a large judgment for patent infringement. And what was interesting was Apple went and did all these little legal tricks and all this stuff. And then it went in front of a jury. And when it went in front of a jury... The jury found against Apple and awarded them $308 million. So the point is good lawyering can make a big difference. But most of the time when these cases get to the jury, they exercise common sense. And that's really where the smaller companies can really take advantage of their situation. It's just a good lesson that a jury is really important in intellectual property, even when it's the David versus Goliath type of cases. Trademark terror. I remember this from about a year ago when the pandemic started, it was all about the masks. And this guy bought a bunch of 3M masks and tried to sell them and acted like he had the approval of 3M. Right. And he was selling them for six times what he should have been. A thing to do during a pandemic. So 3M sued him. Right, for deceptive trade practices. And the court found for 3M and they basically shut the guy down. But that's not the whole story. The rest of the story, which makes this really interesting, was this poor guy in New Jersey, Bob Drake, had this company called Performance Screen Supply. And the company that was trying to sell the mask saying they were a 3M distributor was called Performance Supply. So people Googled Performance Supply and Performance Screen Supply came up. And so they're like, oh, this is the bad guy. So they went after this guy. And so Mid-Jersey News had to put out this article. Look, we brought you this story about the mass, but since that time, internet sleuths, haters, armchair quarterbacks, and social media troublemakers <laughs> took out their hate on a business in the same town with a similar sounding name. Right. So the same business, <laughs> the same town, very similar names. And performance supply got 
tanked by the court and basically run out of business, whereas performance screen supply also took a hit. And I guess the moral of the story is, well, there's not much that really could have been done under those circumstances because everything happened so quickly. We were in the middle of a pandemic, but it points to how important it is to make sure that your brand is distinctive from other brands. So kind of an yes. odd story, and we feel sorry for the uh, business owner. Well, or- the New York Times did an article about it. Right. And we're doing it here on Passage to Profit to make sure that everybody knows performance screen supply is not the culprit here. And uh, hopefully he can get his business back on track. So with that said, it's time for Richard's Roundtable. And I'd just like to take a minute to ask our guests if you have any thoughts or questions about what you just heard and whether or not you have any questions about intellectual property in general. And so Sharon, nice to see you. Thank you for being here. And we're just wondering if you have any comments. Yeah, I mean, I I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, headquarters of 3M. So I remember the story, you know, and I was really happy that uh, Mike Romans, who's the CEO of 3M and the team, uh, did what they needed to do to shut that down, you know, so that was a proud moment. With regard to trademarks, you know, uh, and intellectual property, that's all we have as small business owners. And we have to really make sure that we take the time, learn what we need to learn to make sure that we're protecting it. So, you know, it's a pain in the butt because you want to be working on your business, right? You really want to get out there and sell, but you got to make sure that you're protected. And, you know, kudos to that small company who went and fought for their intellectual property. And I'm trying to keep mine (laughs) intact, (laughs) intact as well it's a process, you know, but you're not, you got to get your trademarks, you got to get your registrations and uh, I'm all about it. And, you know, the better known you become, the better your reputation, the more powerful your brand becomes, the bigger the target you are, right? Because people are looking for ways to capitalize on all the wonderful things that you've done and the business that you've built. And that's why intellectual property is so important. Absolutely. We were just having a conversation about that, you know, yesterday, like, should we put these things in a revocable trust? versus this, you know, all of these conversations that you have to have, you know, as you think about succession planning and whatnot. So it's a thing. It's a real thing. Douglas, do you have any thoughts or comments? I agree 100% that when you start a company, you got to do the boring things first, and that's building the foundation. If If the foundation that you have for your company is built on sand, the company is going to absolutely collapse. It's important to have trademarks, but what's more important is that you create that foundation from day one. And I think a lot of folks say, the first thing I should do is actually sell something and get money in the door. And that's wrong. The first thing the entrepreneur should do is actually set up the company, make sure they've got a tax ID, and then also make sure that all of the names that they're using aren't being used by someone else. Because the last thing you want to do is build a brand on someone else's name and then find out a couple of years later that you've walked down the wrong hole. So I think that you've got to make sure you've got a great foundation. It's great to hear the David versus Goliath stories. Always good to hear. And I think that, you know, it's important that the little guy wins now and again. And when you go up against Apple's lawyers, I'm sure it's not a joy. I'm sure it's absolutely <laughs> painful. Uh, no. But you know what? Some people, they, they have that, that intestinal fortitude to move forward and to go there. And when you build the right foundation, you can do that. I'm going to ask you both to become honorary IP professionals because (laughs) what you just said was really fantastic. We preach that, but it's also good to hear it from experienced business professionals too, because that's really great advice. And we can certainly cite a lot of cases where it hasn't been done that way and it has caused major problems down the road. So Anna Carolina Valencia Ramirez uh, joining us from Colombia. Do you have any thoughts or comments on the stories? I'm a little bit curious because I have my brand, for example, trademark in Colombia, but I'm just starting working on getting into the U.S. market. So what I have heard or what I have learned is that when your brand, it's your own name, it's a little bit easier. If the brand is your name, it's actually a little bit more challenging because your name has to become distinctive in the United States. And so you have to be known for something. And clearly your jewelry line, it's a fantastic business. So it it would likely be possible that you could trademark your own name and you would be able to receive trademark protection in the U.S. So it's something that you should consider if the U.S. market is a major one. 
jewelry especially, there's a lot of knockoffs and counterfeiting. And so as your business expands and you get to the point where you feel like that kind of protection is necessary in the U.S., it's something you should discuss with an IP professional. Caroline? Well, I think it's a great idea to trademark your brand. My company was registered under Colorful East. And I seek out my attorney. I wanted to trademark and she advised me that it may not be acceptable because on social media is hashtag eats and it may be too popular. So I had to come up with a different name. And after three months of researching, it came up with the name Kicker Feast. And I just thought of it, you know, kick off your lunch, breakfast and dinner with a feast of pancakes. And I went right away and got it trademarked. I will tell small business owners to spend the money on legal advice. I know we want to do everything ourselves, but sometimes one word can make us liable in the future for substantial amounts. So it's very important to at least spend that money on legal counsel and make sure it's done right the first time. You bring up a really great point. Thank you, Carol Ann. And It is important to see what trademarks are already out there, as you said, and also differentiate yourself with your name. I love Kicker Feast. I think that's a really great name. So congrats. Thank you. Kenya? What are some of the common mistakes that you see, Richard, when someone comes to you for a trademark or a patent for the first time? Insofar as trademarks go, they launch without doing a trademark search to see who else might have the same trademark. So you might be running your business locally on the East Coast, but a California firm may have gotten a federal trademark. And then once you become prominent, they say, hey, you're using our mark for the same goods and services. And so not checking before you go is a mistake. And really a trademark costs about $2,500 with Gerhardt Law from start to finish, which includes the government fees, the filing fees. It's an expense, but it's not an outrageous expense considering how much you would spend later if something were to go wrong. So that's one of the most common things. That's why, again, when you're selecting your brand, you want to make sure that you contact a trademark professional so that the application can be filed in the right way and maximize your chances of getting the mark. We're on to the next segment of our show. And Sharon, we've already heard from you. You've done fantastic work over the years. <laughs> Thank um, you. You're an author. Thank you're you. really getting companies to see the light and giving them advice on how to advance, making sure that minorities get proper credit and attention. So tell us about your business and how you got started and what were some of the challenges that you faced? Well, thank you for having me. You know, my business is the Ray McKenzie Group and we are a diversity, equity, and inclusion marketing firm. And what we do is we just, we work with corporations and we help them position themselves in the marketplace to build stronger, more authentic relationships with people of color and to be able to attract top talent of color. Uh, And I'm also the founder of a proprietary technology called peopleofcolorcareers.com. And that's a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week solution for corporations to connect with and have a avenue to create a diverse talent pool by connecting online with top talent of color. And obviously we need that because our workforce is changing, right? Our demographics are changing and we all know what's coming down the pike, right? In 2042, where we will be a majority minority nation and companies are just not really ready to compete in a way to make sure that they're increasing racial inclusivity at all levels of the corporate structure. The numbers are just dismal. So what we're doing is trying to solve that problem and helping to shave some time off of helping corporations find that top talent so that they can maintain their competitive edge and also give Black professionals and other professionals of color a direct access to help knock down some of those barriers to be able to speak directly to recruiters who can help them land their dream careers. So that's what that's all about. But I didn't start that way. You know, it started with an idea and a dream in 1997 that we need to do, I need to do something to make some real change in my own backyard. And my mom said, listen, you know, you can walk around completely planning, soaking up oxygen, or you can be a part of the solution. (laughs) So that's when I decided that I could make some real change by using my gift of being able to help companies really get this right. So we started that out in 1997. And then 2008, we all know what happened there. There was a recession and I lost everything, Mm. you know, and I lost my home. 
I lost my wow. car. The first budgets that were cut was the diversity, equity, and inclusion budget. So me, my mom, and my daughter were bouncing from sofa to sofa. I got nothing but a dream. Wow. And I had a multi-million dollar networking Rolodex. I had taken care of my relationships over the years. And a colleague of mine from a client at Target called me up and said, listen, we're not coming back right now, Sharon. We're not going to be your client right now because we don't know what the heck is going on with this recession. But we think you can make a real difference by running a nonprofit, helping them raise money to help low to moderate income kids get to and through college. And you can do that to get back on your feet. And I'm like, oh my God. But anyway, I did, you know, because my I wasn't have a plan to get a job. But the point is that my relationships, my networking ability helped save, really save my career, save my life, give me a second shot, give wow. me an opportunity to feed my kid. So that was a rough spot. But because of the networking skills, it helped get me over that hump to put me in a position to be able to relaunch my business. What a powerful story. And we're so glad you made it. And yes. it just really points to the power of having relationships. And to do that, you have to be a good person, a person worth having a relationship with. You know, I, I agree with that. It, you know, one of the things that I teach is that we have to be genuinely interested in other people. You know, so it's not about taking. We need to be in a position to not only receive value from those relationships, but add value. So if you have that servant mentality, you're going to be just fine. And I'm so glad that my mom taught me that, you know, over the years, it was born out of, you know, being black in a poor neighborhood, her teaching me how to actually meet governors and senators, and as she would put it, good white folk. So to make sure that you can make it in this nation, and she taught me the importance of being genuinely interested in other people and really learning about them and what they're happy about, what they're sad about and create authentic relationships. And that's where it came from. And I'm grateful for it. And it's carried me a long way for nearly 30 years. That is amazing. And so you help people of color advance in their careers, get the right jobs. And since relationships are so important, do you have to coach them on how to interact with the other people in the workplace in a way that will move them forward? I mean, we all need that, quite mm -hmm. honestly. Like as a woman, I faced, you know, some barriers when I was in the chemical industry. So how do you actually help these people? Like, what do you do? So with the platform, professionals of color are members of the platform. They go online, they upload their resume, they create their profiles, and then they're constantly getting good advice and information from me on a regular basis because they're members. And really what we're talking about is just the power of stepping up, following up, and understanding what questions to ask and nailing that elevator pitch, no matter what level of work where you are now or where you're trying to get to, whether it's entry level or executive level, you have to understand how to present yourself and how to make sure that other people know exactly what it is that you want. In this case, recruiters, you also have to understand the importance of posture. And I don't just mean a straight back. See, when you understand your position in the world, and that is that as a top professional of color, you're in the catbird seat. You want to understand and be choosy about what companies and corporations you want to work with. Do they align with your values? Do they see things the way you see them? What does their diversity look like in the C-suite? What is their CEO saying in the news? What do they stand for? What are they doing around corporate social responsibility? So I coach on what questions to ask and how to stand up straight and have the right posture when you're reaching out to that recruiter. Because on my platform, you can talk directly to the recruiters. There's no middle people. And they are committed to making sure that you have a shot at getting more information about the career opportunity for them to be able to advocate for you and guide you through to the next level. So my coaching with professionals come, once you remember, throw the back end videos and emails and newsletters and sometimes one-on-one -on -one conversations, but we have thousands of professionals on the platform. So I'm not able to do that as much as I have in the past. And then we also do the same thing for employers. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a two-way street. Who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, we have choices. So I also make sure they understand what their posture should be and that you need to be genuinely interested 
in the professionals on the platform and really be respectful and know that they don't have to choose you. It's like dating. In my book, uh, Colorful, I talk about the importance of really stretching. You see, what happens is we hire people that we know because it's safe, right? And so that's why we end up with a lot of homogenous workplaces. And as a Black professional and other professionals of color, it's tough to get access because generationally, we don't have those relationships. And so we're trying to get that access, get that foot in the door, get that seat at the table. So what my platform does is allow us to really expand those relationships and expand those networks. So when that professional is talking to the recruiter, not only do they get to know them, they get to talk to them about who else in the organization would be helpful, you know, as they move along their career journey. Same way with the recruiter, you know, be like, oh, you may be overqualified for this role, but I know you have people in your network that you can send to me because I am open to receiving that information, having conversations and coffee with others. So it gives us an opportunity to expand those narrow networks as well. And that's so important to create authentic relationships with people who don't look like you. Right. So Sharon, do the workplace people get it? The corporations get it? Why diversity is so important? I think that, you know, major corporations, understand the importance of diversity and inclusion. I think people understand it, but there's been very little action around it. Very little. You know, we are just haven't made that much progress in the last 30 years. And so with the pandemic and George Floyd and other situations that have been happening, people are starting to fast forward and really like, you know what, we got to we got to make a change. And the reason why is because consumers are starting to pay attention. Consumers are saying, oh, heck no, I'm not going to be doing business with this company, you know, because they don't have X, Y, or Z. So we're starting to get a lot smarter, you know, as consumers. And so that's forcing our companies to get a little bit faster and moving on this thing called DEI and making sure that there's more professionals of color at all levels of the corporate structure. So that's what we do. Well, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time. Richard's telling me I, we could talk been, about it's this. Gone really fast. Yeah, could talk about this for a long time, but we'll have more chance to talk during the rest of the show, right? Absolutely. You are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show on WOR seven ten, the Voice of New York, with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart. We will be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with Premier Patent trademark and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business, all of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're now on to Douglas Borthwick, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of INX Services. It's a platform for cryptocurrencies and security tokens. And I hope you explain those things to our audience, Douglas, because you hear those words a lot, but who knows what they actually are. Crypto, I guess, you just think of as Bitcoin. You know, Elon Musk today said you can now buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. What we offer is we offer people to trade in Bitcoin and Ethereum, products like that, cryptocurrencies, but at the same time under a very regulated umbrella. There's been a lot of cowboys that have come out and tried to trade crypto and taken your money and ran off into the sunset. And what we wanted to do is really create something that was a little bit different. But on top of that, we wanted to create a cryptocurrency trading platform that the people could be part of. And this is something that's important to entrepreneurs. Normally, you know, if you were to ask anyone here, you know, how do you raise money? And they'll say, well, we raise it from friends and family, a couple of VCs, maybe a private equity company. We went to the SEC with the guy that invented the Jobs Act, a guy called David Wield. And we said, listen, guys, we want to raise money directly from the public through a website to sell an SEC registered security, not a Reg A or Reg D, but a full security, just like Amazon. And we want to sell it to people. Regular people, not just rich people like accredited investors, but everyday people. And they laughed at us. They said, go away. 
We came back with MWE, a big time law firm. We spent three and a half million dollars in legal fees. We went there with Ernst & Young. We spent three years, 950 days, and created for the first time the very first, what's called a security token, which is really just a fancy name for a digital security. But we opened up a website and we said, listen, guys, you want to trade crypto and you want to own part of this platform's profits? Come on in. And people go there every single day and we can advertise on Twitter. We go right there on Facebook, on Google ads. And we say, guys, if you want to invest in a platform and be part of it, why don't you come on in and you build a community? Every single day, someone learns about us. They hear our story. They see a YouTube video. They listen to a podcast like this. They come in and they join our community. When joining the community, they invest $1,000 minimum. And there you get some guys putting in half a million, some putting in a thousand dollars, but the little guy can finally get involved. And in the old days, it was only the rich guys that were investing in private equity companies to get into it. If you want to buy into Coinbase, which is a well-known cryptocurrency trading platform, you'll be getting in when it's worth a hundred billion dollars. Wow. If you invest with us, you're getting in on the ground floor. And so we've changed the game and it's really thanks to the Jobs Act and, and David Wield, who was the vice chairman of NASDAQ that invented this Jobs Act that allowed you to go directly to the public and raise money and then sell a security, a full security. They got at one point, we'll be able to trade on NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange or certainly on my company's uh, platform, which is called INEX. And that's, uh, I guess, you know, the security token side. Think of it just as a digital security that trades 24 hours, seven days a week in fractional format. Now think about that for a little while. You can invest in a company, but you don't have to be in America to buy it. And it trades 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's, I'd say maybe two thirds of the world lives in developed economies. They can't afford the average share. The average share in the US is maybe $18. But they want to be part of that American dream. They want to own part of Amazon, part of Nike. They want to be able to buy products. But the stock market's closed in their time zone, or they don't earn anything close to the average share price. With digital securities, with fractional ownership, with 24 hours a day, seven days a week trading, Anyone anywhere in the world can afford to buy a tiny slice of something and build their own portfolio on the back of it. Now, this is what the blockchain brings. It's not just about Bitcoin and Elon Musk. It's about democratizing investing opportunities for the world. Now, That's it took great. us three years. So, Douglas, let me hop in here and ask a quick question. So yeah. if you're an entrepreneur that wants to raise money on the INX platform, what would they do? Or is that possible? Well, it's possible, but generally the entrepreneur is looking to raise under $5 million. And for something like that, you do a, what's called a Reg CF, or which is a crowdfunding regulation. And you right. can do an SEC registered security as a Reg CF or a Reg D. And in that way, you're sort of raising that $5 million. But if you're looking to raise more than that, like let's say $100 million, then you go the whole hog. And that's when you do a full security. But there's, you know, there's other types, there's Reg A, there's Reg A+, plus. there's many different types of ways of raising money. All of this sounds kind of complicated to me and great, but it sounds a little bit complex. Where would somebody go? Is there an expert someplace or does your company provide a service for giving advice to people who maybe want to take advantage of some of these features? Or is this really just more like the New York Stock Exchange where you're buying and selling shares? and you're bidding on different coins. Let me give you an extreme example. Okay. Let's say you've got a pop star, Taylor Swift. She's got a lot of fans, right? 100 million fans. Or let's say you're a jewelry designer and you've got 10,000 people in your, in your Rolodex that have all signed up on your website. And now you want to raise money. You could go to a bank and they could advise you on how to raise money. You could go to someone who's going to take 10, 15% of whatever money you raise. Or you could set up a website and you could send a tweet out and say, look, guys, I'm selling my music collection or I'm selling 50% of the profits we make in my company going forward. Do you want to be part of that? And your community will rally around you and they'll come to that website and they'll buy the security and it'll be held in digital format on the blockchain. Now, this is huge because in the old days, you want to raise $5 million. Guess what? You only get $4 million after the bank's taken their chunk or the, the money raiser, as they'll call themselves, takes their piece. Here, you, the person with the company, can go out there and raise the money from your community, from the people that support you and love you and love your brand and the idea behind it, and you can raise money directly. Now, we've bought a broker-dealer called Open Finance. Once that comes under our umbrella, then we'll be able to offer advice to folks. But right now, I can't offer securities advice because we don't have the broker-dealer behind us. But what I will tell you is things are about to change. The SEC's chairman, Clayton, who was on his way out, the, who's, who's left since, you know, for the last couple of months, 
On his way out the door, he said he can see all securities move onto the blockchain. So that means about $75 trillion of market cap is going to move on to the blockchain. And that means that the little guy now can raise money or invest in people's ideas and people they believe in. So Douglas, can I ask you a question? So the closest thing I can think of in my brain, and I don't know a lot about this, is for the people investing in a partial coin, that's almost like a mutual fund, right? You're confusing but- coins with securities. A security token is a full security, just like Amazon or Nike. A coin is a digital currency, like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Wow. And so there's two different things. Now you can get a security token, which is really a fancy name for a digital security that trades 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can get a fractional ownership of that. And what I'm saying is, We've created a way for entrepreneurs like all of your panelists here to be able to raise money directly from the public with a full U.S. security, and then people can trade it. Normally, you see someone raising money and you think your money's lost for five, 10 years. You know, it's gone down this deep hole and you'll never get it back. With security tokens, I could invest in a jewelry collection that's here and invest in the designer because I really believe in that idea and that vision. And I love the pieces. And maybe she says, you know what, if you invest in me, all the people that invest in me on a pro rata basis, I'll give you 30% of the profits we make from this business. I say, that sounds great to me. And me and 100,000 other people that believe in the jewelry designer are going to go out there and talk to everyone on social media and say, you got to check out this jewelry. Why? Because I'm getting a piece of the action now. So she's able to raise money directly from the public and have those public become part of our community and then go out and market it for her on social media to all their friends. This is a way to hyperdrive your project. Sure. That's a real change in the investing model. And it opens up a lot of possibilities for entrepreneurs and investors. So Sharon, did you have any questions or comments? Doug, so is the brand promise to invest or raise money? Like create a portfolio or, or both? Well, my, my brand promises neither. My brand is the one we, we actually created the first ever security token. So we, we took what was an idea in the Jobs Act and made it into a full security with the SEC. And in doing so, created what the SEC is defined as the new asset class. Normally, if you issue a security, you've got to be Nike. You've got to be a big company. You think billion dollar company. You don't anymore. You could be a $5 million company. We're raising a considerable amount of money online with our website and we're cutting out all the middlemen that used to take all these little pieces. Welcome to the future, everyone. Thank you for joining us, Douglas. Where can people reach you again? You mentioned your website. Go to inx.co. We'll be right back with more Passage to Profit after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our Power Move segment with Kenya Gibson. Kenya, who do you have lined up for us this evening? Well, we're going to talk about Marion Kroik. She is the VP of Engineering at Google and the inventor of over 200 patents. I think that's crazy. I only have one, so I feel very, very <laughs> far behind her. But um, yeah. she was actually the creator of Voice Over Internet Protocol and Text to Donate. So she is kind right. of set the stage for all these non for profits and their ability to be able to receive donations via text. And then she realized that it was possible to transmit voice traffic over the internet and combine voice and data together all on one network. So it sounds like the beginning of things like Clubhouse and all these other apps that are out there now that have kind of like taken her initial idea and taken it to the next level. And she actually has been inducted into the Women Technology 
Hall of Fame. So I wanted to honor her today because I just thought her story was so interesting and so powerful and motivating because I, I got to get my patents up. Yeah, you yeah. do. No, oh, we all got to get our patents up. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. And, you know, 200 patents is a lot of patents. It sounds like what she's working on is very techie engineering-ish, right? So congratulations to her for doing it in what's sometimes thought of as a man's field. I certainly hope she's wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> she better have been rewarded for this. That's true. If she's not, she should go out on her own and make her own fortune. So, um, well, she's so, a VP at Google. I'm sure she's doing all right. She's doing so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth, tell us about what's been going on with Fireside. For those of you who don't know, so Fireside is a video directory of small businesses. It's a YouTube channel and a website. And I want it to be like the Wikipedia of small business online where people, if they're looking for a small business person, they go and watch a short video of them. I'm going to make some changes to it as I'm working on the website now. But now after hearing what Douglas had to say, I really want to talk to him because basically what I'm doing is I'm getting everybody to do videos. I'm doing the interviews myself, but I'm going to ask people to place their videos on the site. So I think there could be a way to use his platform with Fireside because what Fireside has is just a ton of people that are coming on that want people to watch their videos. So it sounds like it could be a pretty good fit. I'd buy a fireside coin in a minute. I could make them really pretty. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Maybe we could hire uh, Anna Carolina for designing the coin. Right? <laughs> they're not coins, guys. They're tokens. Okay. <laughs> when it's related to a company, it's a token. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Thank you for <laughs> that clarification. Does, probably doesn't actually look like anything. It's just a little piece of code or something, right? <laughs> well, so much more to learn for that. And so on to our first presenter. Anna, welcome. Anna has an incredible jewelry line. Anna, could you please say your whole name? Uh, she's in Colombia, South America. Could you please say your whole name for our listeners? Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Anna Carolina Valencia. And yes, I'm located in Cali, Colombia, South America. Well, greetings to South America and Colombia. Tell us about your jewelry line and what inspired you to start. I started my jewelry line like about nine years ago. I used to design clothing and then I used to own stores here in my city where I live. And it was like nine years ago that I decided to restructure and reorganize all my company and all my business and focus only on my jewelry line. And as you just say before, sometimes entrepreneurs, we have an aha moment or something that just push you to go and do something different. And I think that moment for me was when I have my baby. So I became a mother and I decided that I wanted to have more time to be with my baby. And I also decided that I wanted to have a line. I have always loved to design. I have always loved jewelry and I love creating and I love fashion so at that moment, I decided that I want to have a brand and that I have to have a fashion line that I could sell not only in Cali, not only through my stores, but also around the world. And it has been an incredible journey during all these years because also technology, you know, and all this social media has allowed me to just from a small city as, an, as I am in Cali, let people get to know my brand has been really wonderful, a wonderful journey because I've been visiting different countries. I've been in the United States, I've been in Middle East, and I've been in such incredible international fashion shows around the world that has been a, uh, a very passionate and wonderful journey with my jewelry brand. So Anna, your line is pretty high-end and beautiful. So how do you find these clients for a high-end jewelry line? Actually, it's a contemporary jewelry line. It's like the in-between fashion jewelry and fine jewelry. When I talk about fine jewelry, I'm talking about diamonds and gold and everything. My jewelry, it's a contemporary creative jewelry. That's how I call it. And it's made in bronze and it, it it's gold plated with 24K gold and it is also handmade by artisans and jewelers here in Colombia. Actually, we have discovered that women love this kind of jewelry all around the world. In Colombia, Latin women love that kind of jewelry. Middle East women there also love to be adorned. They love big earrings. They love statement earrings. They love big necklaces and shulkers. So it has been wonderful to discover that women around the world, we all 
that will have this taste or this desire to adorn ourselves and show our confidence and express our inner beauty and our self-confidence adorning ourselves. So it has been really nice to let people around the world get to know our collection. It has been a really very nice opportunity. Uh, and this is very something very important when, when pandemia and all these things about coronavirus start last year. Many companies and many designers and many fashion industry was very worried about that. But for us and for me, Principally, it was the opportunity to focus on my e-commerce and on my international website. And I think it was the best I could do because I definitely last year had really good sales. And the great thing is that I could change like for before the 80% of my uh, income was I do I 80% wholesale a 20% retail. Right. And now after pandemic, we could change that. So right now we have 80% for retail. And we are doing a 20% of wholesale. But the good thing is that that 80% represents more income for me, you know, because we have a better margin. And the other good thing is that now also stores and everything is starting businesses again. So wholesale sales are also increasing again. So it has been a re- uh, an excellent opportunity right now. Great. That's well, great. thank you. Go to Anna Carolina's website. She has some beautiful designs and many, many, many designs to choose from too. It's... And you can still look good on Zoom with her jewelry. So <laughs> like, if you're not buying pants these days because you're on Zoom, you can wear the jewelry on the top. <laughs> so, right? That's an excellent point. So, so how can your clients reach you again? We have our international website. It's www.anacarolinavalencia.com. We are actually delivering uh, worldwide. We have worldwide shipping. And especially to the United States, you can get your beautiful jewelry piece from Latin America just in three to four days to your door house. So you want really to have one of our pieces soon in your home. Well, that's perfect. And thanks again for joining us. And we'll be right back with more Passage to Profit after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's Inventress. Founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years. Hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our podcast is out tomorrow. You can see us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you can see our visuals on social media. It's really been a great show so far, but we have one more really awesome person to present. And that is Carol Ann Carrington with Kicker Feast. So welcome, Carol Ann. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Tell us about Kicker Feast. Well, Kicker Feast is a fruit-based and vegetable-based pancake and waffle mix. It's made with 100% fruit powder and 100% vegetable powder. The idea started in 2018 when I had just made some carrot juice. I asked my son, who was nine at the time, to drink some. He politely declined, but said he (laughs) wanted pancakes. And I just had an aha moment, and I blended some of the carrot juice into the pancake mix, made him those carrot pancakes, he gobbled them up. And I was like, wow. Why is pancake mix in still one flavor, one color? And I was like, why don't we have pancakes in colors and and natural flavors? I took my idea to the SBDC and he said, well, you have to create your own powder mix because I had used a popular brand. And that became the beginning of transitioning to Kicker Feast. Wow. What flavors of pancakes can your customers choose from? Well, we have four flavors. Blueberry is the most popular flavor. 
beat, which is not as well received. <laughs> Carrot and pumpkin, they're tied. And the uniqueness about our pancake mixes is very simple. You just add water and the color and the flavor pops. So you get a blue for a blueberry pancake. You get a reddish for a red pancake and an orange for carrot and pancake. We do not add any preservatives or any coloring to our pancake mix. But you do add flour, right? Definitely. Our ingredients are seven. We have seven ingredients. I try to make it as clean as possible. I actually started off with organic. And I pursued that. I enrolled in culinary school at night. I spoke to one of my chefs because I was wondering how to cultivate this idea. And he was the one who told me I had to do it through powder and not juice. So he told me how to look at my competitors and request samples from suppliers. And I did that and I started everything organic. And as I was concocting the recipe, I ran out of one of the main ingredients. So I requested another sample and the supplier told me, unfortunately, I had received it as an overage of an order. And to receive that organic sample again, require a minimum of 7,500 pounds um, to order. (laughs) Well, it's good that you say that because that's one of the challenges that entrepreneurs face when they need ingredients or things from larger companies. They only want to sell in large quantities. And I remember at one point, Elizabeth was working on a, uh, a business and getting people to give them small samples so that they could experiment was like That's pulling horrible. teeth. And it yeah. was just spending hours on the phone trying to contact people who could help her with this. So And they didn't want to. Uh, but Sharon, do you have a question or comment? I think it is absolutely amazing. You know, I I am so proud of these pancakes. Uh, I can hardly wait to get my hands on these pancakes uh, because I often wanted the same. You know, we have that same mix, right? And I'm like, okay, but you know, we could get more creative than this. But of course, I'm not, I'm not culinary and I'm not, you know, I don't like to cook or any of that stuff, but I'm glad that somebody else did it. And I'm so terribly proud. So can you tell me about, you know, how can a person get their hands on these pancakes? Are you doing it online? Are you in stores? Tell me more. So I'm on Shopify. Just go to www.kickerfeast.com and you can place an order. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We welcome everyone to help promote our website and support small businesses. Excellent. Well, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time, but it's Kicker Feast. So can you just real quick, how did you come up with the name in like two seconds? After trying for three months to think of a name, I just had a wild moment of why don't we just kick off breakfast, lunch and dinner with a feast? And when I Googled the domain name and saw it was available, I was in shock. I just grab it. There was no reason not to. Excellent. Well, everybody go to Kicker Feast, support our entrepreneur, buy her pancake mixes. I'm certainly going to try them. And um, that's what we're here for. So we'll be right back after these messages. You are listening to Passage to Profit, the inventor show on WR710, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. What a fantastic show. We ran the full gamut tonight. Everything from empowering people to Bitcoin and cyber tokens and finishing up with beautiful jewelry and incredibly delicious sounding pancakes. Yeah, there was not a theme to this show. (laughs) The theme was no theme. (laughs) You never know what you're going to get. So before we sign off, Sharon, do you have any final words for our audience? You know, just keep on keeping on. And please don't take no from somebody who can't say yes. (laughs) Just, Just don't. Just keep it, keep it moving. And your dreams will come true. What a great sentiment and great advice. Douglas? I think I've learned some incredible things over this episode. I think that what I've learned from each of these three young ladies is that you've got to put yourself out there. You have an idea, you have a view. It means nothing if you just keep it to yourself, lay the foundation and just get out there. And I think a lot of folks are always worried about, oh no, I can't, this is embarrassing or I can't do this. Each person on this podcast went out there and did it. And they push themselves to go out there. And that's the the first move is to actually make the decision. Then it gets easier. I couldn't agree more. And Kenya? Yeah, I say if I had to pull together a theme for this pod, it would be, you know, inclusivity and creativeness, right? I mean, everyone here contributed to that in some way, shape or form. And it's opportunities that allow us the ability to level up in life. So, you know, everyone's contributions alluded to that today. And I was so happy to be a part of this show and this conversation. As usual, Kenya, you managed to pull it all together. So thanks a lot. So our guest was the amazing Sharon Smith Akinsanya. And if you want to find out more about her or find her, you can go to peopleofcolorcareers.com. You can go to boldlysharon.com or you can find her book, Colorful Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color. And I've seen the book all over the place. I've seen it on lots of different websites. It's widely read and you should take advantage of it. And so for a little token of the future, Douglas Borthwick, and it's not really a token, it's a security. It's a security. It's a security. Inx.co. And you have to listen to him explain the platform, but if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow your business and you need some funding, he's got an incredible idea for you. This is the tip of the spear for technology and finance going forward. It's brand new stuff. And the first ones to jump on board are probably going to be rewarded pretty well. That's usually what happens, right? And then we had our power move with Kenya Gibson of iHeartMedia. So Kenya Gibson with a P at iHeartMedia.com. As we said at the beginning, she conceived of this show. She is very creative, an excellent creative marketing person. She really is great to work with. And so if there's anybody out there that has digital marketing needs, I highly recommend the iHeart team. They know what they're doing. They've got all the latest technologies. Our firm has been using them for a long time. And then if you are in the market for jewelry or you just want to splurge anyway, (laughs) whether you're (laughs) in the market or not, Anna Carolina Valencia, and that's her website, AnnaCarolinaValencia.com. She is in Colombia, South America. Just has an amazing line of beautiful jewelry. So just go on her website and browse. It's really very pretty stuff. And if you are trying to sneak fruits and vegetables into your diet. Or your kid's diet. Or your kid's diets. Carol Ann Carrington presented Kicker Feast. So kick off your meal with a feast. Pancakes that have fruits and vegetables in them that taste really good. And I'll tell you what, it'll get some nutrition into your kids. And I can't wait to try them either. So that's about it for us tonight. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our team, Noah Fleischman, who's our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program coordinator, Angela Wolf, who does our video production. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt signing off for Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, WOR 710, the voice of New York.